Vituity partners with hospitals and health systems to meet today's challenges. Our physician ownership model means our 5,000 plus frontline providers are engaged, accountable, and performance focused. Learn more at Vituity.com. Welcome everyone to the Becker's Healthcare podcast series. I'm Ryan Mohammed, writer and moderator with Becker's Healthcare. And I'm absolutely thrilled to have with me today, Dr. Shankar Kara, Chief Medical Officer at Centera Virginia Beach General. Doctor, it's very nice to have you on the podcast today. How are you? A pleasure to be here, Mariah. Of course. Well, great to have you on for today. To get us started, would you mind please introducing yourself and telling us a bit about your background? Maria, my name is uh, Shankar Kura. I'm the Chief Medical Officer at Centera Virginia Beach General Hospital. I'm a board-certified internist. I have a fellowship in geriatrics and also an MBA from the George Washington University. Wonderful. Thank you so much for giving us that background. So, being the CMO of this great hospital and health system, can you tell me about your most successful project or initiative from the last year? What issues were you trying to solve? And also, what drove the success? Yeah, um, Maria, I've been here at B General for a little over a year now, and I've had almost uh, I, what I call 15 years of experience in the art and science of quality ever since I um, finished my MBA and uh, became a chief medical officer uh, at a couple of other uh, systems as well. Uh, the most challenging and uh, successful project uh, we did here was around length of stay in the hospital. And as you well know, it's a very important um, metric for hospitals in terms of efficiency, in terms of, you know, um, meeting those aims of uh, providing high quality care. Um, and when you have a lower length of stay, the patient experience is better and the provider experience. We're talking about nurses, doctors, technicians, anyone taking care of these patients. So uh, we set a target, a uh, very aggressive target to achieve a lower length of stay uh, for all the reasons I just outlined. And our teams worked um, to get that done. Um, the challenges were many, as you can realize, this is not an easy task. Um, our, our approach was to build a team approach, uh, interprofessional collaboration, learning, and a culture uh, of you know, building trust, connections, communication, optimizing what we call multidisciplinary rounds uh, in order to share the information about the patient's journey so that we can be more efficient at creating uh, discharge plans, uh, that then get executed in a timely manner. Um, the hardest part, if you will, were building those relationships. And the approach we took was three-pronged. Uh, so the three things that we uh, set ourselves to do, uh, one, remove barriers, two, uh, generate new processes uh, using a rapid PDSA cycle, uh, to address those barriers, and that goes on on a weekly cadence. And then finally, those care transitions, because we know the care in the hospital uh, is only a portion of the care. The real care is in the post-acute setting, either in a follow-up clinic or uh, in a nursing facility or at home. And so that's how we approached it. 
Wonderful. Thank you so much for giving us that insight. As you know, the clinical workforce has changed a lot in the last few years. What challenges are you still facing and how do you see the clinical workforce evolving? Yeah, there's a lot of changes in the last 10 years. And the one that we have to mention is COVID. We've had a pandemic once in a hundred year pandemic. So changes um, are constant in our work force, uh, but the pandemic has introduced a whole new uh, transformational aspect to that change. Um, we have seen um, more, uh, if you look at the patients we serve, and aging uh, with more complex medical needs, uh, increased uh, need for access to primary care, and that capacity is not there. And then finally, uh, bridging that uh, gap between the social determinants of health and then the actual medical and maintenance of healthcare uh, that we uh, continue to do. So what I see as, a, as, this, uh, as these challenges are uh, encountered, our clinical workforce has um, uh, unfortunately uh, experienced burnout, experienced um, you know, people uh, taking an early um, leave from a healthcare setting and saying that's not for them or retiring early. Uh, so all these are face, we're facing uh, a shortage uh, in any uh, part of our uh, workforce. Uh, talk about doctors, nurses, uh, technicians, respiratory therapists, uh, therapists for physical therapy, etc. Um, and I think the challenge for us is how can we create that uh, trusting culture that people will come back or stay, those that have chosen to stay, to continue to uh, feel a renewed sense of purpose uh, after the pandemic and stay and continue to serve our population. Absolutely, absolutely. Thank you so much for giving us that background. and. The last thing I wanted to ask you, doctor, before I let you go, is what is your best advice for aspiring physician and nurse leaders? Yeah, that's a very good question. A leader um, is very important in a crisis setting, and especially so in a complex medical care setting. Uh, medicine is probably the most complex industry, uh, just very similar to aviation or any of those high reliability organizations where the consequences can be quite catastrophic. So being a good leader is the first thing. And my advice for aspiring physicians and nurses uh, who want to be leaders is come with a compelling purpose to your teams. And that combined with caring leadership, that's what motivates people to go the extra distance, to do what's needed to ensure that we have um, safety at work, uh, high quality at work, and most important, importantly, a dignity for uh, all of us who are part of this work. So, you know, having said that, how do you do that? You, as a leader, you want to embrace discomfort, embrace crisis. That's the teacher. And seek a commitment uh, and from people, uh, not compliance. And, and then do decisions with people. Make sure you know your people. Work with them. Build and reinforce psychological safety. Because it is our responsibility as leaders to have psychological safety in our workspaces. 
Uh, and I have a practical advice uh, that I borrowed freely from uh, Amy Edmondson, who uh, is an excellent um, you know, expert in this field and her book, um, The Fearless Organization. Uh, you know, there are three inter interrelated practices that have helped me as a leader. Um, and I'll just enumerate them. The number one is setting the stage. Uh, number two is inviting participation. And number three is responding. Um, so let me briefly say setting the stage means you have to frame uh, the complex interdependent interdependent nature of our healthcare system. And small failure should be viewed as uh, future uh, currencies for success. And then the second part, inviting participation, you want to make sure your team knows as, that you as a leader don't have all the answers, you're willing to learn, and you're open to dialogue. And that's, that's where psychological safety comes in. They need to always hear that you don't, you don't know something, and, and you realize everything is complicated and interdependent, and you're willing to learn with them in an open manner. And then the final part is responding, uh, you know, listening thoughtfully, thanking the speaker for the suggestions and offering to help them in their next steps and being very clear about boundaries. If uh, any violation occurs, you got to set the tone by saying, hey, this is not acceptable. This is not cool in our setting, and this is not something we will accept uh, as leaders. And that, that building that connectedness, trust, uh, and transcending those barriers, that, that's how we do it. And one other thing I would say, which has helped me as a personal advice for me, is keep up with the latest research and translate them to strategies. Um, my journey, uh, my three big um, gurus have been James Reason, uh, whose book Human Error helped me, uh, Sidney Decker, there's several books of his, and of course, Amy Edmondson on psychological safety. Thank you so much for that amazing, absolutely amazing advice. Um, and thank you so much for those final thoughts overall, doctor. This has been an amazing discussion. So again, I want to thank you so much for coming on Becker's Healthcare. And I look forward to connecting uh, again with you soon. Thank you, Maria. Thank you. It's so important for leaders at the top of organizations to keep learning, stay sharp, grow their networks. To help our audience better do this in a more simplified, personalized, and meaningful way, Becker's Healthcare has launched MyBHC. It's your trusted Becker's Healthcare experience and more with content, connections, events, and learning opportunities. Join the community free of charge at www.my.beckershospitalreview.com and we'll see you there.